Wow, wow, wow. What a ride into expansion land is this interview, Soul Fam. Welcome to The Magic. I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And today we are sitting in Ceremony Circle Podcast with actress and the author of a brand new book that I'm really loving. It's called Manifesting Through Meditation. And today's guest is Cassandra Bodzak. And get ready because the magic and mysticism in this one is palpable. It is undeniable. And I can't give it all away right now. I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens, but I will tell you during this interview, you will be witness to a moment where an angel from the spiritual realms comes through in a very tangible, miraculous way. You'll witness it all live. It's really incredible. Now, I've known Cassandra for a long time, and we've been able to witness one another's massive evolutionary journeys. So it's fun to ask her about what patterns she needed to face and do healing work around and transcend in order for her to get into the sacred romantic partnership she's in now. She shares very tangible tips, steps, and even a witchy ritual to do around all of that. And we talk about how her spiritual gifts and ability to connect with the unseen realms works, and she recommends ways that you can do the same if that calls to you. And I also ask her for the very first time how she navigated how to have the witch and high priestess energies within her express publicly. How was she called to do that? And she tells that it was a big initiation on her journey to find clarity around all of that, and she explains how she found her way. And lastly, what is the one thing she attributes her longevity and the spiritual public figure path to? You will have to listen and find out. And we dive into how she went from having a severe eating disorder to being on the television show The Taste with renowned late chef Anthony Bourdain, and then going on to write her own recipe book. And she also went from having a life of stress and chaos to being a meditation teacher. And in her now newly released book, sharing 100 different meditations. So talk about massive expansion and evolution tips. And finally, for those of you who are listening to this episode, right when it releases, I want to let you know you can experience a shamanic journey with me on Sunday, September 26th in the afternoon. All you have to do is go to my website, alisoncharles.com backslash events, and you will see a link to a guided shamanic journey to embody your highest timeline and self. So all you have to do is make sure you have something to cover your eyes, be in a quiet, safe, sacred space, lay back, enjoy the shamanic voyage where you will receive blessed energy activations and get in alignment with your highest self. And at the end of this event, I will actually pick one attendee to receive a live on the spot power animal reading. So if that speaks to you, just go to my website, A-L-Y-S-O-N, that's alisoncharles.com backslash events. And I will see you this Sunday, September 26th. So, okay, back to this episode. All I can say is get ready to bust out of the boxes, expand into new miracle-filled imaginary spaces, and connect with the spiritual realms with Cassandra Bodzak. All right, sister, here we are again. Yeah, 
so excited to be chatting again. Yeah, Universe has been pulling us together more frequently lately, even though we have known each other for, I think, I don't know, something like a decade, a long time. (laughs) I know, I love it. I'm going with it. Yeah, (laughs) me too. And um, so, yeah, I kind of want to start with one of our very similar threads that you and I are both experiencing right now after you know, of course, having our own unique individual paths. Recently, we have aligned in these conscious, awakened, romantic partnerships. And I thought, huh, I know that whenever I share about my journey, you know, just the different things that I went through to get to a place of sovereignty and readiness. And then when I and or Luke and I share about what we're currently experiencing, I get a lot of messages from people being like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I needed to hear or you're helping me to keep the faith. So I wanted to start in this category with you to just hear about some of the things that you really had to transcend because I know that you are someone totally devoted to the path and work like I am. So what did you encounter on your pathway to getting into the relationship you're in now? Uh, oh my God, this, this is, you know, it's so funny because Allison, this is also like with all of my coaching clients, I joke that everybody like thinks that they come to me and like everybody comes to me for like more like spiritual business or finding their spiritual path kind of thing. And then it always ends up being about relationships. And so I think it's so funny because it's something that I don't talk about too much. I mean, I have like maybe a podcast episode or or something like that on it, but it is something that I feel like so many people want to know about. And so I love talking about it. It's, you know, for me, the journey was, (laughs) it was about, I feel like I had a lot of relationships before I met my current significant life partner who I'm engaged to right now. And a lot of relationships where I feel like I, because I hadn't done enough healing on myself, I was attracted to men that were never going to be able to walk that path with me. Right. And I see now that so much of it was actually me choosing. Like I thought, oh no, like, you know, these guys always just turn out bad (laughs) or whatever. Right. But I was actually choosing men that I intuitively knew wouldn't be able to, to go that way with me because I hadn't done enough work on myself to be willing to walk that path. And so for me, it was kind of a realization before I met my, my, um, fiance, I dated this guy for six months and I had been in therapy for maybe a year before that I started working on some of my trauma deeply using EMDR. And I mean, obviously walking this path, having a spiritual awakening since I was 25, um, I've been peeling back layers of stuff for feels like eons now. (laughs) And so there was a lot of stuff I did on my own, but I got to this path, this part in my life where I started realizing that there were patterns that were creating, were happening in relationships. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed to heal something much deeper. So I started, you know, going back and healing some like deep trauma and that just shifted how I was. So a lot of that, you know, in my work right now, I call it like bilateral reprogramming, right? Where we like, think about what, like we think about what are we feeling right now? And we bring it back to what was I feeling as, you know, when did I feel this as a child? Mm -hmm. Right. And then 
we reprogram because that was something that our brain didn't process correctly. So I was doing that work on myself first (laughs) before I started helping people do it. And that work was so transformative. And I think I have that work to thank for my relationship because I started seeing I had all these strands of I'm not enough or, you know, there's something wrong with me. Like, you know, I'm too weird or I'm too out there or whatever. I had all these like limiting beliefs about why I would be hard to love. Mm. And because of that, I feel like that affected my self-confidence in relationships. And it created this like fake sense of confidence, I think, in relationships where I would be super confident because I was dating a guy that I knew wasn't really like marriage material. So I could, you know, play with that. But I had this like big moment after I broke up with the, I had to break up with this guy I was dating for six months, lived in San Francisco. And it was one of those moments where I really looked at my patterns. And I feel like it's like every breakdown can lead to that biggest breakthrough only like that moment away from it. Right. And I had that moment and I was like, Cass, what the F are you doing? You're saying you want something and I'm so clearly seeing you actively go the opposite way and engage with these people that aren't what you really want anyway. And so that was a huge aha for me. And I think it made me look at myself and say, I'm going for the wrong people. I'm going for these people with these like kind of quick highs (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you know, like romantic love affair vibes. And I'm not looking for like true deep partnership. And so (laughs) this sounds so cliche, but I had a slumber party with two of my girlfriends (laughs) and we did some, you know, ritual and I wrote down really clearly. I, we all did. And I wrote down really clearly what I deeply, truly wanted in a partner. And it, and like, I kind of, I say, I blew the glass ceiling off myself of what I thought was possible. Right. I said, like, I have like a little magic wand and I can have anything. Let me just like go for it for this night. (laughs) I think that that's so important too, because so many times we think that we are in a place of setting really big goals, but if we really sit down with them and ask our being to expand and expand more, sometimes it's almost challenging. It's like, but how do I get bigger? How do I get even more magnificent? But that space is always there. So I love that that was a part of this ritual. It's so true because it's like we, we set so many unconscious limitations. And I even see that, you know, sometimes when I talk to clients, they're like, well, I really want that, but that seems kind of crazy. And it's like, who cares if it's crazy? You know, like that, it's not impossible and write it down. And who knows if it's going to manifest in that specific form, it'll manifest in the feeling that would have been elicited by that thing. Right. But like even having the clarity to like dare to go there is putting you in the right path, in my opinion. Right. So I wrote out some, you know, what I thought was outlanders, not, not really outlanders, but you know, things like he makes every move first, right? We get engaged within six months. We're traveling to Europe. He like comes out to meet me, you know, in Europe. Like I wrote all of these like things. I was like, this is what I want, right? And every single one of them happened. And I think it, because in that moment, I was so surrendered. I was truly at a point where I felt within myself that like, it's this or I'm cool. 
Like I'm cool on my own. I have created a life that I love. I've created work that I deeply love. I have great friends around me. And, you know, I knew I could, you know, go on dates with like whoever I wanted in LA if I was bored, but (laughs) I was like, you know, if, if it's not this, then I'll keep chilling and doing my thing here. And I really felt that way. Like I was over the like drama of like, you know, these like toxic relationships or, you know, empty relationships. And I was like, I'm just aiming for that. And then I also, when I started dating, and I think this is huge, I realized that if I wanted something, this applies for literally anything, I think for manifestation lines, but especially with men or dating, (laughs) if you want something that you've never had, you have to go for people you've never gone for. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you want something you've never had in any aspect of your life, there are chances that it's going to have you, you know, you're going to have to go into the unknown. Right in some way. Yes. And bookmark exactly where you're at with your flow. I don't want you to lose it, but that's such a good point because based upon past experiences, neuropathways are formed and also cellularly, there is a familiar energy that gets stored in our bodies. And so it it is possible, and you and I are both proof that you can transcend when you face and do enough work. But that can be one of the trickier or more challenging patterns to break because we do tend to, at least unconsciously, call to us experiences that we recognize, especially when it comes to relationships. And so I really, um, right before Luke, I had to really face that aspect as well. You know, on the big list of desires, this guy did have a few of them, but the ones that I knew were non-negotiables that I just could not enter back into. He was completely emotionally unavailable and shut off from himself and had not done any wounding or childhood or trauma work. And there were addiction issues. And I thought, huh. And in talking with Luke later, because, you know, he had the same propensities, you just have to watch out for, is this, is this pattern, is it a familiar one, you know, or is it something more in a new portal, a new paradigm? Exactly what you just said. If you want something different, you have to like experience and bring something totally unique in, not repeating the same kind of woman or kind of man. I have a great example of that. Literally, when I first started dating my fiance, we had gone on one or two dates, I want to say. No more than two dates. <laughs> it, was, it was like really, really, really in the beginning. I had no idea. And I was consciously, so um, he's a neurosurgeon. And one of my things that I was conscious of was I had always dated these like entrepreneur hotshot types. Like that was like my type. And obviously none of that had been fruitful. (laughs) And so I decided I was going to consciously start dating guys that I thought still had like passion and drive and those characteristics that were really important to me, but in like different jobs, right? More kind of grounded jobs. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things I was playing with to try out new things. And so I was dating a couple guys with different, like what I would call more grounded jobs. I don't know for the word, but you get it different. And I went on a trip and it was a, a, you know, I went on a trip and on this trip, I actually met a guy 
that was exactly what I used to date. And he was very sexy and he was an entrepreneur and had all the moves and we had this like somewhat romantic kind of evening together or whatnot. And I remember, you know, the next day kind of laughing to myself and I was like, wow, like, look at this. Right. And I so clearly think, thank goodness for meditation and like my conscious awareness in these moments. Right. Because everything in my like physical human body was like that guy, that guy. Because <laughs> it's know? the familiar energetics. Yeah. Because it was like, this is familiar. And I love that he has this like tech company and he's like so sexy and he's like, da, 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 and he's like saying all the things that I'm used to hearing and loving, you know? And so it was like this dynamic. And then here I had my current fiance who was being so sweet while I was away. So he wasn't like around. He's like texting me every day you know, seeing how like my trip is planning, like being like, Oh, I'm here to like for a call, like whatever fits in your schedule and just being like so consistent, so reliable, so sweet. And, you know, this guy had like this hot rush, you know, cause I'm like, am I going to see him? Is he going to text me? You know, like, of course the usual dynamics. And I remember after I came back from that trip and I was texting with both of them, <laughs> at the time. And I had this like really distinct moment where I was like, okay, Cass, like you can, you can ditch this guy. That's like really great and really nice and showing up consistently that you have a great time with for your usual, like hot and crazy and inconsistent and non-reliable, you know, tech. And I'm not saying all tech entrepreneurs like that, but that's just my, you know, that was my type. That was my thing. And that's what I ended up trying all the time. And I actively chose, you know, to say no to that. And I think that was a huge initiation for me. And it was almost like the universe served that guy up on a silver platter to be like, is she going to go for it? Yeah, she's going to go for it. It's the final (laughs) carrot dangle do. It's like, look at this carrot. This is everything you think you've always wanted. And, you, and then that deeper part, like you said, because of our practices and the awareness we have, it's like that deeper part finally starts to kick in and, and be the bigger informer than the old stuff. And same with me, my last carrot dingle dangle, boy, was it a tempting, tasty carrot in a lot of ways. But I literally, in one weekend, I had to phone my best childhood friend and I was like, I'm in the grips of something bad. I need your support. And I literally had to collapse that old paradigm with that guy. And, you know, I had to phone a friend for to hold some support, some energetic space for me and to reaffirm. And she was like, Allison, that thing that still feels that luring in is the addiction piece. And I was like, well, my God, after all these years of celibacy and single, that's the last thing that I want. So with everything in me, I made a decision and did my own rituals and decided I would never contact him again and deleted him out of my phone. But because of the cellular and all those energetic familiarities, it was a massive fiery initiation. And it was like, I felt it in every bit of my body when I made that decision to say no to that, because I was letting a new world and a new pathway be born. And then Luke and I got together, just same as how you and your partner did. So interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I think is the biggest pitfall I find with 
when I'm seeing that in my clients, when they're like dating and trying to find their person is mistaking the way that it's always been for the way it should be. Right. Because the dynamic you've always felt. And sometimes that the rush that we get that is that we associate with like, oh, I'm so into him. And there's like, you know, there's different gamuts. It's not that you don't get, you don't get that excitement or or passion or whatever with your partner, partner, but it's, it's a different kind of way because there's a sense of like, I don't know, for me, I don't know if safety is the right word, but there is this sense of like, this is, this feels like safer or secure. And I feel like safe is not a sexy word, but grounded, maybe the groundedness is the thing. There's something that feels like, yeah. Whereas like we have, sometimes we, you know, have to get out of that pattern of feeling that we get that addiction to the, like, oh, is he going to text me? Oh, am I going to hear from him? Oh, like, you know, they're kind of like, I don't know. It's the, what they used to call the bad boy thing, right? Where now it's like, it doesn't even have to be a bad boy to do it. It just has to kind of treat you kind of shitty. Right. And it's like, in those ways, we're not really seeing that we're feeling that rush because that person isn't like showing up for us. Mm -hmm. right? That person isn't being consistent. That person isn't communicating like a mature adult. And those are not things that are actually attractive. Yeah. And I think that safety word is actually a really beautiful one. And that is one that resonates for me and in my partnership with Luke. And in my opinion, having that piece in place is what really allows our hearts to truly open, you know, because even in this past week, um, you know, and, and sitting in certain ceremonies, one of the many teachings that are still revealing for me for that is I felt this heart opening and it was so perplexing because I know my heart is incredibly healed and, and whole and open. And, and I know that for many different reasons. And so to feel this whole other thing, I was just like, gosh, I thought my heart was open. And um, the facilitator was like, your heart is incredibly open, but there are additional chambers to our hearts. And there's this one chamber that you didn't even know existed that is now expanding that is now opening up. And I just thought that that was so beautiful. And so I just wanted to speak it into the space of like, just tuning into our hearts and, and seeing how open you think you are. And, you know, even more than a decade on the shamanic path, which is the path of the heart, like there's even more space and my heart that's opening up. And I, I believe that that's happening because I feel so safe with Luke. I mean, how can you truly let your heart expand as much as it wants if you don't feel safe? It's like almost an impossibility. Exactly. Exactly. And that's true. And it's then you also get to be the fullest expression of yourself, right? When you're feeling that safety, it's like the, the feminine, you know, of itself also like thrives in the structure of the masculine, right? And to be able to have that presence in your life that holds you and that is able to provide that safe, grounded, like safe net for you to go out and like be your full self. I think there is a whole deeper level of love that you can get into because you're, you go deeper than all of this 
you know, all of like the games or the back and forth or the like, is he, does he like me? Does he not? Or whatever. And you sink into this like really yes. deep, juicy place where you get to kind of unfurl and allow yourself to, to see, you know, I can say that like my partner has seen, there's nothing of me that my partner has not seen. Like he's seen every aspect and like, you know, and at this point it's like, we're seeing new ones together (laughs) because I haven't seen some of them yet either. And so it's really beautiful to be in a space where you can show up to that and you can show up to, oh my God, since we've been together, I've had so many evolutions of who I am and, you know, what's going through for me and to be able to like come to your partner and say, today I'm different and uh, this is different and I'm doing this differently and this is coming up and have them be like, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And like support you um, in that journey, I think is, you know, is so, so hugely important and valuable. Definitely. And so I'm sure there are some uh, people of the soul fam sitting with us that are like, well, what was that ritual? So, (laughs) you know, uh, but I know you're such a ritualist. Um, Do you feel comfortable sharing? Is it easy to explain or do you have it on your website, like this particular partnership uh, ritual? Yeah. So it's, it's really, um, it's really simple, you know. So one thing I will say is that so in my book Manifesting Through Meditation, I have a whole chapter on manifesting, I don't know if it's too bright, manifesting loving relationships. So I did this and I want to say because I think sometimes we get and I love rituals. Like I, I love rituals, but I think it's important to do the work before we ritual too. And so I want to encourage people to, so I created, there's 10 different meditations and, you know, some of them are like feeling the deep romantic love, like feeling what that feels like, even before you have it, calling in your partner meditation, activating your worthiness, Mm. um, turning your light on to attract uh, new partners. Um, The one I want to share with you guys today is releasing old patterns. And there's a forgiveness sit down. There's love and acceptance for your parental figures. There's uh, to give is to receive. Um, there's a bunch of different ones. And I think those are really, so the one I'm going to share with you is about releasing old patterns. Cause I think that that's an important first step. Like pretty much what we were just talking about is releasing all the things that has been kind of tripping you up and getting you in the way. And then the ritual that I had planned, actually, you could absolutely use for the same thing where I like to pair the meditation for releasing old patterns with a ritual where now we've released the old pattern. Now we're calling in the new, Beautiful. right? Um, and so for that, uh, for that specific ritual that I did with um, the partnership, it was just literally writing down all of these things. And writing it down, like in present tense, like this is like, you know, mine was kind of like a little scat and it wasn't like a beautiful, like short story or anything like that, you know, but it was just like, so, so I wrote it down. Right. And then we all had candles and I'll show you part of my ritual today. I'm going to show you how to do a little candle ritual where we kind of baptize candles with essential oil. And then we 
carve a symbol in them. And then that candle becomes like candle magic for us for that manifestation. So you could easily- Which I can affirm is an incredibly powerful practice. And the last time I did it, my altar burned down and exploded. So- Thing. you know Be yeah. where <laughs> things will happen yeah things will happen anyways okay so that that's exciting so we have that to look forward to um and i love you hit the nail on the head with it's so important to yes of course do the work before we're just trying to grasp for things out of thin air and i know you're someone who has put in so much work and i'd love if you could take people, I know this is sometimes the most challenging aspect of our interviews and sharings to like whittle down because there's so much to what leads to our awakenings and whatnot. But I know there are a couple of dynamics that you experienced that really provided some of your major initiations and awakenings and that also led you to meditation. And so I would love for you to share about that just so people can reflect and see um, how you alchemized and allowed those experiences to lift you up rather than to downward spiral. Yeah. Um, I think my first one was definitely when I was in college and I was struggling with struggling with my body. I was struggling with food. I started getting really sick, um, had all these crazy mysterious pains, um, that no one could figure out what was going on, did like months worth of blood tests and stuff and really got to my rock bottom with that. You know, the last test they did on me was like for leukemia. Cause they were like this, we have no idea like what's going on with you. And then it came back negative and everybody was like so happy. And I was just like hysterically crying. And they're like, why aren't you happy? And I'm like, because you don't understand. I'm still in tremendous pain and we're no close to figuring out what's going on. And so it was through that, that I kind of realized that I had to take things into my own hands. And my first form of meditation was, you know, what now I would consider body wisdom meditations. And I have some of these meditations in the book as well. I just started connecting to my body. I started apologizing to my body for all of the, you know, bad things I had done to it for the over-exercising and the diet pills and the, you know, getting drunk and eating, you know, crap. And, you know, I was in college. I did all typical college <laughs> stuff, plus add on some like, you know, people with body image issue things. And so I started apologizing for like all the things that I had done wrong. And then I started asking my body, I was like, I want to help you. And so that was kind of like my baby, like a baby foray into a form of meditation that led me to figure out my food allergies, heal my body, start my blog and start this whole like new path of me learning, you know, how to make different foods with food allergies. It was something that never in a million years before that moment had occurred to me to ever do. And that kind of led me on my way. And then I had another kind of pivotal moment when I was 25 and my little brother, who is currently stable, let's give that disclaimer, got diagnosed with a terminal illness. And it was so, and at the same time, I had just broken up with someone that I had been with for two and a half years that I thought we were going to like move in together and do this whole thing. And I had just made that decision. And then literally two days later, I found out the news 
that, you know, um, Kenny got diagnosed with this horrible illness. I do the thing you should never, ever do when a loved one gets diagnosed with an illness, which is Google it. And it had some very frightening life expectancy and, and in facts and stuff on there. And I just, that was like my true, true, true rock bottom moment. I think I hit more of a rock bottom with him than I ever did worrying about myself. And that's when I really started meditating. I like through, like I, one, one, the night that I found out, I literally, I found out probably around like 6.30, I was on my way home. And I remember crying until about six in the morning in this like random corner of my little Manhattan living room. And then dragging myself to the shower and just like screaming to God. And eventually heard meditate. And, um, I fell asleep first though and passed out for a few hours. And then I woke up and I was like, okay, let's meditate. Cause I really didn't know how to function in life at that moment with that knowledge and like be a normal human about my day. And so I started, you know, I started just with the YouTube meditations and then I found a Buddhist monastery in Brooklyn. And then I found a course in miracles and I got like a Vedic mantra and I did a Kundalini meditation. I just like went for it completely, made it my thing. It was literally like my life support during that time. Like I probably meditated five, six hours a day. Um, whenever I wasn't like sleeping or crying or, you know, uh, working, I was meditating and that I think expedited everything so much because all of a sudden through, you know, I would do these all different kinds of meditations and I liked, I would do one meditation that I would say would be more, let's say mantra or breath based or like open and empty. Right. And then I do like a more visualization thing because the visualization for me was really like allowing myself to escape um, my current reality and like kind of fantasize a little bit about like a, a better life. I wasn't even thinking um, in that moment that that life was possible for me. I was just trying to not be, you know, trapped in the emotions of like my present reality. And that changed my whole flipping life. Like little by little, it just started shifting the way I looked at things. All of a sudden I would, you know, I'd be listening to spiritual lectures all the time. Like I completely like just flung myself into it. And so I started thinking like, okay, what if, what if everything is happening, you know, for me, not to me. And one of the things I will give as a disclaimer for some of the spiritual things that came up during that time is I didn't rush to apply them all to my brother. That was a really hard thing. And so I could apply the fact that like, I don't know, we, they were out of my favorite whatever at the grocery store and I had to get something else. So I'd be like, everything's happening for me. I wasn't supposed to eat that, right? So I give that disclaimer. I started with the baby steps because if you start with like the biggest thing in your life and you know, there's no way I could have seen that you know, in that context yet. But I just started like little baby steps, like, and then I naturally started following what lit me up, which was something again, like I had no friends that were into this. This wasn't as like popular or cool as it is right now. And so I'm literally just in survival mode 
and thinking like, what's the next thing that makes me happy to get through this day without crying all day? (laughs) And that was the secret sauce. That's when I was like, you know what? My blog makes me really happy. Cooking makes me really happy. I'm going to do some silly YouTube videos because it's the only thing that's going to like distract my mind and put me in a happy place. And so through really just following those little like breadcrumbs of joy and, and like sometimes it was as simple as like, I'd have like mango guacamole for dinner. I can't even tell you many nights I ate mango guacamole for dinner, but it was like this, this little thing that makes me happy. And I'm just going to do this little thing that makes me happy. And it was just like following whatever it was. And that's really what led to all of a sudden more people were reading my blog. I had people reaching out, asking if I could coach them, help them with their bodies and their food stuff. All of a sudden, I had a producer from ABC reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to be on you know, a show with like Anthony Bourdain and Nigel Lawson. I was like, how did you get my number? <laughs> right? And it was you know, just really beautiful. So much of you know, hindsight now looking back and really seeing, I really didn't know I was doing the things I was doing at that moment from a place of, you know, it was like this deep instinctual soul level that I just felt like this is what I have to do. This is like what I have to do to get through. Well, thank God. Thank God you were willing to be open and thank God you let yourself be aware enough to hear that whisper of the wind or like feel that messaging from, you know, the bowels of your, of your belly. And I just think it's so beautiful that both with the food piece, that's been a part, you know, a big part of your branding and business because your first book was around that. And now with the meditation piece, I'm trying to find the human words for it, but like how before you did either the food or the meditation, the way you were living, both of those things felt like just so far from who you were and just like the opposite. I mean, you went from having a severe eating disorder to then becoming a food educator and like coming up with recipes and with meditation, you know, you were living a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're medis- uh, meditating for five, six hours a day at some point and, and devoting to all these different forms to really learn. And then you eventually become an author you know, a leading expert and an author in both food and meditation, having come from, you know, a background where, you know, you weren't born into either one of those practices. So I just think it's important to pause and really like take notice of that and see those trajectories. And and again, you know, this theme that seems to keep coming around about like expansion and expanding beyond what we think is possible for our lives. Like you've done it. <laughs> Right. And it's, it's also, I think, so important to like, because I, I feel like I remember when we were talking about your journey on my podcast, too. It's like both of us, we didn't go into our journeys thinking like, I'm going to be an author of this or I'm going to, if you would have told me that, if you, if you would have stopped me at any point in that journey and been like, you know, when I was going through my food stuff being like, you're going to have a recipe, but you're going to be on TV one day cooking. I'd be like, are you kidding? I'm trying to like make vegetables from the farmer's market and I keep burning them. Like what, you know, like it was so, I was so just present to like, what, what's next in my journey? What's coming up for me to learn and what do I need to learn? And then it was always like hindsight to be like, oh, wow, this transformed my life. Let me share it with others. Right. And I feel like that almost feels like that's part of like the graduation process 
right? Where it's like, I went through it all myself and then had come to like this beautiful new, you know, life with it. And then part of that process was almost like, and both times it happened so naturally where there were naturally people that were like, no, like, tell me about this or share about this, or can you help me with this? Right. And then you naturally shifted into that teacher mode about it. And so that's why I think a little side note on this, but something I'm pretty passionate about is I think so many people sometimes when they're like looking out right now, like I want to start an online business or I want to be, you know, a coach or I want to start a spiritual business or I want to be a healer or whatnot. You know, it's like the, the clues are always in your path, right? It's like, what are the healing modalities that changed your life? What were the things that happened that have been the greatest conduits, right? Like I didn't just decide. I never decided. I never decided <laughs> to, <laughs> to like, I want to be a meditation. I'm not going to write a meditation book. I want to be a meditation teacher. It was always like this pull. And then, you know, the, the book manifesting through meditation really came from like, from looking back and being like, wow, everything I've created in my life, I can draw back to my meditation, to stuff I've through the work I've done in my meditation. And when you have that realization, then it's almost like, who am I to not sing this from the rooftops and like try to let as many people know because Lord, I could have saved a few years in there if someone, (laughs) you know, if I had, you know, maybe figured out that. So it's like, I hope, you know, this took me 10 years. I I hope it expedites the journey. (laughs) Totally. I know. I hear you on that. Yeah. And I think most listeners know, but same, you know, just in a quick little nutshell, same with my journey. You know, when I had my intervention and awakening moment, I certainly did not set out on the quest to become a shaman. I set out on the quest to heal myself because of what I had seen through that awakening about me and my life and the choices I was making. Um, I was not well, and I had myself convinced that I was up until that point. And so I just surrendered and said, show me the way, great spirit, great mother earth. And my soul finally got out of my way. And then, yeah, in that devotion, the the truth inside of me finally had a place of readiness and space to open up. So I would love to um, honor your grandma, if you're okay with that. That's something that feels really important. I wanted to bring her into the space and into this chat because I know she was someone that you were perhaps the closest to this lifetime. So um, what would you like to share about your relationship with her and the role she played in your life? Ah, oh my gosh. Oh, come on. I have a picture of her right here. She's always with me. And I also have her necklace on right now. This is a necklace that says grandma that she got when I was born. Oh, it's beautiful. And this is like a little photo of the two of us at Disney World when I was little. (laughs) But I always have pictures of her all over. I hear her saying like, you couldn't have showed a cuter picture of me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she is, she is gorgeous. And, you know, my grandma in so many ways, actually, I'll share a story that I think is interesting. Um that just happened to me this morning. So I have two 
angel figurines. I'm gonna just grab them really quick. Hold on. Sure. They're right, right by. So this one is um, an angel that my grandma had painted. She loves ceramics. So sometimes when I'd go home, we'd go to ceramics together. And I like was telling her I wanted to like paint like my highest self, right? So she had painted this for me and sent it to me. And then it, somehow in the move, I lost one of the wings. So the wing fell off. And then after my grandma passed, I had given her this, um, and it had two wings at the time. I had given her this, um, it says like angels uh, often come to us as grandmothers. I had given to her it to a few, cause we both, uh, she was very connected to angels as well. So we talked about angels a lot and like connecting to our angels. And so my mom had sent this to me and it had two wings. And just the other day I was in the middle of something and it toppled over. So I have it like right next to my desk and one of the wings fell off. And I freaked out. And so I was like having, you know, having an emotional moment. Cause I was like, oh no, this is like a special thing. And then I went to bring it up to my, like my dresser over there with this angels. And I was like, look at that. Look at that. Wow. And that's so wild. And oh. for anyone that's listening, the opposite wings cracked off. So now they make a complete wing together. And I looked up just the same way, like I look up symbols and things like that when they come in. I looked up one winged angels and it actually is like when you have two one winged angels that come together, it's a sign that you're soulmates, Mm. right? And so I was like, oh my God. And that's how, (laughs) that's how I feel about her. She was my soulmate. And she was my person and she showed me so much, you know, she was so ahead of her time as a woman, just like so much in her grace and her power. And she, you know, lost her husband when she was really young with two kids and, you know, went to work in the fifties at a time where, you know, and like was the main provider for two kids and never looked back and like spent her 60s like traveling once her kids got older like traveling with her girlfriends all over the world and she was just such you know when she was 72 she got diagnosed with um thyroid cancer and they went and did this like really challenging operation on her and they you know going into it the doctors were all like oh, it's totally like, it's going to be easy. It's going to be fine. You're going to go home the same day. What at? And they ended up, you know, realizing it was much more enmeshed than they thought. And she woke up and she was on a, like a, what do you call respirator, right? Where they have the tube down your throat. And I remember being like so nervous, right? And this is like, just, I feel like this is like an epitome of like my grandma's story. So, you know, so she wakes up And I was so nervous being like, she's going to wake up. She's going to freak out. She's going to be like, why? She's going to know it didn't go well, right? She has this, like, she's on a respirator and like, she's still in the hospital and she was supposed to be able to go home same day and all this stuff. And I remember asking her afterwards, after she got the hospital, I was like, you know, what was like going through your head that day? Were you like scared? Did you freak out and all stuff? And she was like, Sandra, I know God's got me. And I knew that, you know, whatever was happening was exactly, you know, what's going to happen. And so I feel she had this like deep sense of like peace and faith about her that I just loved because 
I don't have as much of a, let's say, uh, like calm, collected demeanor as she did sometimes. And she would always be able to like ground me and, you know, remind me that everything is small potatoes. She would always tell me it's all small potatoes. And I would let myself get so stressed out. And she would say, nothing is worth your stress. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is ever worth your stress. And when I uh, was saying goodbye to her and saying, you know, saying my goodbyes, she had a, like a breathing mask on, so she couldn't really speak. But I, at one point I was like, grandma, can you see there are angels all around you? And like, they're going to, they're going to take care of you. And they're going to make this a really beautiful, peaceful transition. And she was like nodding her head and she was like, yeah. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit about my grandma. And now I, you know, I've had, um, multiple different moments since, uh, where I still connect with her and I deeply feel that she has become my guardian angel and taken over the realms. And so much has happened in my life since she passed that I feel like she like ascended and like got straight to work (laughs) and was like, all right, girl, let's go. I can do things here that I couldn't do on earth. And so I miss her every day and I also feel her presence every day. And she, I dedicated the book to her because the book was a birthday present from her. Oh, wow. I know it was a birthday present from her because it came through on my birthday. I got the offer and I had been joking with her when I was channeling because she passed a month before my birthday and I was terrified of having my birthday without her. And I was like, grandma, I need a birthday present. I need to know it's from you. And we would talk obsessively about like my next book and stuff like that. So I was like, no, you did a real good grandma. Yeah. And, and I felt her with me as I, I channeled this book faster than I've written it. Like I channeled it. Like it was insane. It was just such a magical experience. And I know that that was her mm. with me every page of the way. Well, I have something. One second, I'll be right back. I unexpectedly got proof that she is so with us. And so just today, right before this interview, I went on a walk with Cookie, our dog, and look what I found on the walk. One wing. Oh my God. I, oh my God. Oh my God. I have tingles all over my body. <gasps> wow. Oh, grandma. <laughs> I mean, look at that. It's, and of course she brought it in the form that I would see it's through a butterfly wing and I'm an animal shaman and my book is animal power. And she knew what would get my attention. And I would, as I'm walking, it was through a parking lot and I just happened to see in my periphery orange. And I looked and it's one butterfly wing. That is nuts. So she also communicates with me through orange butterflies. And, but how crazy is that? Because just so you guys know, literally that one winged angel thing just happened this morning. And so Allison had no idea about it. No one had any idea about it. My mind is like, it's so, you know, it's so amazing when you like believe all these things wholeheartedly, but then when like, it's, you know, you experience that in person, it's just like, oh my God. 
As you were telling the story, I was like exploding inside. I was like, oh my God, the butterfly wing. I was freaking out. Oh my God. Magical. (laughs) Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. Thank you for being with us. I feel like she's really enjoying getting to meet all of my girlfriends. (laughs) She's clearly very present. She's like right here. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel like she's on the journey now with me. So good. Well, oh, that makes my heart swell. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Grandma. And, you know, you touched on how you really channeled that book. And I did want to bring that up to you, um, you know, for anyone that might be newer to the spiritual path and just really leaning in um, and really wants to learn how to open up their gifts. If you could just give an example or two, um, you know, either who you communicate the most with and how you make those connection points to the unseen realms. Yeah. So meditation is, I think, first and foremost, my, my way. And I do have a meditation in the book of connecting to what I call in my words, your divine support team, um, which is all of those, you know, angels, guides, loved ones, ascended masters could be animal spirit guides. I consider that all your divine support team. And so there's a meditation in there that helps you kind of start opening those doors for someone that's like just beginning and hasn't, hasn't, you know, had that connection or opened up those doors yet. I think that's a really beautiful place to start. And when people are just beginning, I also often say, you know, realize it's like a line. It's like, it's like any kind of friendship, right. Or line of communication. It's you may have to show up, you know, every day for a week or a couple of weeks, right? And it'll get richer and deeper and you'll see more and you'll learn more. And it's just about being open and curious. And then while you're in that space of, and I think there is a power in what happens in meditation is that you actually, I feel like ascend to the unseen realms, right? So your vibration goes up to a space where it's easier for them to contact you. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's easier for that communication to happen, I think in a really like rich, clear way. Now, once you have developed relationships and you're in, or you're starting to, another thing I would say in that aspect is start inviting them to send you signs, right? like with the, the butterfly, or I asked even my grandma, grandma was like, I know this shaman lady will find this wing. I'm going to send her a sign. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like my grandma would love you. Uh, (laughs) I feel like my grandma, my grandma is only, you know, she's loving that she gets to meet all these amazing, like power women that are in my circle now. And she's like, oh, this is great. Like, so her girls and, you know, but even with your angels, right? So I mainly, uh, my like, my like main people, I guess you would say are like Metatron, Haniel, um, Tomas is the name of my guardian angel, but now my grandma, I feel like is stepped in there as well. And so the, they're Mary Magdalene. I talked to so those are kind of like my, my primary peeps, but there'll be different moments. Like, you know, that I'm going through things where, you know, other people will pop in or I feel called to connect with someone else. So like, or a penguin will come in. Exactly. Or- right. When we did our, so I've been working with penguin energy. 
Um, it was really crazy because Patrick actually called me a penguin the other day. And I was like, how did you know I'm working with penguin energy? That's such <laughs> a random thing to call someone too. Like, right. It was so weird. He was like, I, I was like being, I was being upset about something and I went into the, the kitchen and he was like, you're just kind of like moldy and like a little penguin being like, rah, rah, rah. and I'm like, oh my God, it's the penguin. <gasps> I am a penguin. <laughs> um, so I think whatever, you know, you want to work with, I think it's fun. You'll have, you'll have, I think we all have certain elements or different spirit guides that will come to us right away. And I, I feel like a lot of times we'll know that because maybe we'll see their name a lot or they'll come up for us in different circumstances. Like if you, if you're, you know, like with the animals, right. If you're seeing the animal, right. It's the same thing. I think for angels and stuff like that, if we get, if we know kind of what to look for, if you keep on seeing a certain color, you can, you know, connect with what spirit guides that connected to that color. If you're seeing a lot of blue, maybe you're, you know, Archangel Michael's trying to come through for you, but you can also just be open to like, Hey, whatever my divine support squad is, you don't need to know the specifics to have them work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I know just a lot of people do. So the meditation I think is huge. And for me, I've been connected to them for many years now. So it's a little bit different. I call upon them in every meditation, right? I always invite my spirit squad in like at the start of a meditation to hold the space for me as I'm doing whatever, you know, is going on in the meditation. But then when it comes to channeling, when it came to channeling for the book, um, addition to obviously meditating, um, before I write, I just invite them in. So I just invite, you know, my grandma and Metatron and Hanyol and Tomas and any and all beings of the highest and truest good that are here to help me on my path to come in and divinely guide my, you know, my hands and my thoughts and like what comes through. And the most important part of that, I think, is really allowing your mind to step back, mm-hmm. right? Is like not being in my mind, not being in like Cassandra's head where Cassandra's like, what's a good meditation or, um, thinking like, what's going to be whatever. No, it's like, what's just coming through and then just going with it. It's almost feels like what they talk about, like style writing or, or kind of like, I call it brain dumping. Sometimes you're just like letting whatever's flowing through flow through. Um, that's what channeling feels like to me. It's like, I'm not even thinking it moves so fast and it, I know that it's channeling because it's so much faster than my thinking. Right. Um, when you get done, you're just like, who just wrote that? You know? Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, <laughs> look at that. Like 20 meditations appeared. <laughs> Great. I'm going to go take a walk. Uh, yeah. It's thank really, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, thank you. Um, and then when I channel where I'm like journaling about stuff, what I usually do is I ask, I'll just ask a question in my journal. So I'll be, uh, I'll do this after meditation. So my energy is in that space where it's easier for more to download through. And I'll just write down, I'll be like, okay, you know, sometimes I channel with my grandma a lot. because I just like to ask her things directly, but you could channel with whoever, right? So if it's a business matter, maybe I want to channel with Metatron about something, right? If it's about my body or healing, maybe I'm going to talk to Raphael whoever I feel called to. And again, you can also not talk to anybody specifically and just say my divine support team or my spirit guides or, you know, my highest self. And you'll still have, you know, the guidance kind of come through. And it's in that moment 
you write down your question and then you just immediately write what's coming through as the answer. And it's really, I think the, I feel like, I think everybody can channel and the way that you perfect that. The only reason I feel like I've gotten better at it is because now I don't even second guess it. Right. Like now I don't even think like you get, if you get to in your head and you're like, is it me or is it them? Or is it me? You know, it's like, don't even think like whatever comes through, just let it come through. And what I have found, and especially with channeling with my grandma, that's been really cool is that you'll find things come through in channeling that you didn't even know, like your consciousness didn't know. And then when you go to like do something, you get that kind of confirmation of like, wow, you know, and it's like the spirit realms or the, you know, the unseen realms. I feel like they're always just like, you know, grandma with the butterfly wing. They're always wanting to affirm for that uh, for us and like, you know, remind us that it really is them on our path. So I think if you allow yourself to have that faith and that trust, like, don't worry, that affirmation will also come. Mm-hmm. So good. And one thing I've been curious about um, for a long time and now finally have the chance to ask it is, uh, and again, I think this will be of service for the listeners because I can sense, you know, so many additional people are having awakenings and 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 a lot are feeling that call that um, they may feel that their shift on their career path is into some form of, of merging of healing and entrepreneurship. And so I remember with you, um, for a while I was picking up on like this really strong witchy energy, like witch central, like cast the witch. And I was like super getting juiced up over it. And I, and I even heard this phrase in my head and I don't know if like, I don't know where it came from or if you even said it and I don't know, but I just, I heard like kitchen witch and I was like, oh my God, I want to see Cass in the kitchen with like, you know, still looking like you, you got your, you know, you got an apron on, but you're like merging this like homemaker, but like full on witch. And I don't know, I was just been curious for you. I guess the question's maybe two parts. Number one, do you feel a lot of witchy energy inside of you? And if yes, how did you on your path discern like how that witchiness expresses in you like how you know because um some people who i know who are our colleagues and friends who um are witches they they may dress in a more overtly you know witchy way or you know teach about casting certain spells and it might be a more overt expression of or it might look a certain way so i think you know where i'm trying to go with this like how how did you find your way with the witchiness <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you know this is actually it's a great question no one no one's ever asked me this i think yes i am eat with intention i remember my friend ben decker when i gave him the book he was like oh my god you're a genius this is a spell book and i was like thank you for recognizing that right and even with this book spell book right and if you follow me you know all of my stuff is what i like to call practical magic i believe all magic is hidden in plain sight and so everything i put out is magic right however for me i believe that what my soul is here to do and what my soul is here to express 
it's all, it's all always for me been like really, really clear that like, that's not how I, I don't want to be expressed. Let's call it as how one might see like a typical witch or whatnot. Right. Because I actually don't see myself. I have a lot of witchiness to me in the way of like, I love rituals, cooking. Like I said, all the recipes, like every recipe in my book has a meditation and a mantra in it. You know, it's like, okay, using all these things, anything can be used as a spell right? Everything can be used as a ritual, right? We, it's what we infuse in it and that's how we do it. And that's how like, you know, these, you know, ancient witches, like when they wrote their books of shadows, they were writing those spells, right? And they were writing them through their intuition and through being like, okay, we need a releasing spell. So let's do this and this and this and this herb works for this and that. And so we have the power to do that in our day-to-day lives. I personally See, you know, I feel like I, I also have a lot of like priestess energy and I have a, a couple other different energies moving through me. And so for me, it's always been really clear. And I've had a lot of people on my path try to lovingly push me in different directions for different things um, because of what obviously they thought was good or what they thought would be. You Trust know, me, I wanted to text you. This was like probably two years ago at this point. But I refrain because I just don't operate in that way. But I was so tempted to text or call and be like, so let's talk about you being a kitchen witch. And this is what I see. And this is, you know, but thank God I didn't do that. <laughs> I would have been one of those people. No, and I'm totally always, you know, I, I I love that. And I know that it comes from a good place. And I think there are some times when that comes and you're like, this is brilliant. This is actually the confirmation I needed because I was thinking about that. So this is the, you know, the confirmation. But I I think when that conversation came up, because that conversation did come up for me, for sure, probably during the time that it hit your consciousness, where I was sitting with it, um, where I was kind of deciding what the next book would be. And if the next book was, it was on the table, maybe the next book should be more of a spell book, mm. like an overt spell book, right? And so I really sat with that in my meditation and I sat with what that career trajectory and what that path looked like. And it didn't feel like me. Mm. And it didn't, you know, I think so much of our path is guided by our own like desires and preferences and who we are. And like, you know, just, this is like a silly thing, but I was just telling Allison before we started recording that she inspired me by all of her beautiful, bright things to just try to wear something um, a little bit more colorful today. But for anybody that follows me, you know, I mostly live in like, like beiges and neutrals. And that's really where I feel happy. Like I, this is navy blue, what I'm wearing right now. And like, I really don't wear, I don't wear dark colors. I don't like dark colors, you know? So just like a silly thing like that, you see like, which is like wearing black. I could never wear black. It would just make me so uncomfortable. And so I really believe that our like preferences and our being and our channel is part of our medicine and is part of how we're meant to share medicine. Right. And so I always thought that to myself that, and I've sat with this time and time again, because it's not, it's not that I'm afraid to share how magical I am. I very much am very open. I think about how my, how magical I am on podcast interviews and in all my programs and with all my clients and, and all that stuff. It's just that I don't believe we have to kind of look 
the way that people think one needs to like look in a character to be that way. And I think my specific transmission here during this lifetime is very much looking, I don't know what you would call it, but like, let's say like, just like a regular modern woman. (laughs) I don't know, I guess a regular modern woman and that, you know, the people that are drawn to me are drawn to me also, you know, by that physical or physical transmissions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that is part of my thing. And so I wouldn't say that, you know, so for me, like labeling myself as a witch didn't feel right. I would say that I'm very much a kitchen witch, you know, for sure. Like in like the recipes and the stuff that I do. Um, But it just wasn't, didn't feel like this is who I am. And this is what I meant to do where I know we have mutual friends where they're like, this is who I am. Like I am meant to teach witchery right? This is my path. And that's great for me. I think mine is a little bit, a little bit different. Like I feel like I'm, my thing is more of using these different rituals or whatever you want to call them, rituals, spells. I feel like they're very similar (laughs) and using that to, to consciously create and design our lives and letting it be a part of, you know, the spell, the magic in the spell is us in every spell, right? Like, sorry guys, spoiler alert. (laughs) It's super fun and I like doing spells. Why? Because it reminds us of how flippin' magical we are, right? When we're writing our manifestations on bay leaves and burning them, we're like, I literally have the power to write something on a leaf and make it happen, right? It's like these different things that we do. We put an egg in a bath and we release, you know, we let go to it and then we bury the egg. Well, I literally have the power to give my things to the earth right? Could we do that without the, you know, the theatricals of it? Yeah, but it's so much more fun. We're in a 3D world. So let's play with the 3D tools too, right? And use those. And the magic in every spell is us and is our belief in it. And sometimes that's why it's helpful to borrow those from other people that were like, wow, okay, casted that. Let me do that because that works. So now I have, now I've, I borrowed that belief that this is going to work. And that's actually the secret sauce that makes it work. So that's, I feel like more of what I'm here to teach. And that was trying on my journey. I think that's a big initiation too, is when you go down this path is like constantly and constantly staying true to your heart and constantly trying, staying true to what you, you know, what you, you feel is like the highest and truest and most honest expression of your soul because there will be temptations, you know, around every corner of people wanting to put you in certain boxes or people wanting to see, you know, certain sides of you. And, you know, even with like my Mary Magdalene work, I've had people be like, you need to be the Mary Magdalene person or whatnot. Right. And I'm like, it's not, it's like, if I, if, if I'm meant to do whatever it is, I'll do it. You know, I'll be drawn to doing it, but I don't, I don't really, you know, I have to just be called and it has to just happen that way. I can't strategically do something for branding for better or worse. Totally. Yeah. It's not the path we signed up for. (laughs) No, no, no. Even if sometimes it would be easier. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, thanks for that honesty. And I think the last thing I would love to hear from you before we get into the closing ceremony or ritual 
you know, we met, like I said, I don't even know how many years ago and when we were both living in New York City, but a very, very long time ago, like probably about a decade-ish, I would guess. And, um, you know, we've both been doing this work uh, very openly and outwardly uh, for a long time. So what do you attribute your longevity to? Like what, what do you feel has really nourished and helped support you the most or what attribute of your own do you feel that you're so strong in that's allowed you to stay the course on the spiritual path also being a public figure for such a long time i think it comes back down to being on the journey yourself continuously because i feel that you like so much of the inspiration and so much of the longevity, I guess, of it, which is crazy because I feel like it kind of flew by. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that went by so fast. Um, and it has been like a decade, which is wild, is the, you know, the the constant willingness to be on my own journey. And because I was, I've always been on my own journey, I'm constantly learning new tools and new things to share. And so much of my work has naturally evolved as my own journey has evolved. And so I look at it more as like my work is me sharing the things that have, you know, impacted my life and changed my life and been the most powerful for me. So I need to constantly be growing and evolving and shifting and doing that work and having new breakthroughs and getting to new levels. And that's what keeps me in it. Um, That's what keeps it kind of relevant for me. And also honoring, you know, like you were saying, I think it's because I have been a real stickler to honoring like my soul and my guidance. And I haven't tried to you know, and sometimes it's been really, really hard, um, as far as it's so tempting, you know, to listen to, you know, like these business gurus and marketing people and like all these stuff to try to like whittle yourself into a certain box or, you know, do a certain thing that, you know, you think is going to get, you know, certain results or whatnot. Right. It's so, so, so tempting. And I feel like that has like, it's been helpful for me, not that it hasn't been hard, but it's been helpful for me to just keep coming back to like what feels true and what feels good to me. And because the second I start falling into like something as simple as like content planning on Instagram, I can't do. Right. And it's like a great business practice. Right. But I can't do it. I have to be in the moment and I have to know in that exact day, in that moment with that energy, what I want to say. So nothing is ever planned (laughs) ahead of time. And that's just me. And that's like the weird way I work. And I've had infinite people try to get me to content plan. And so I think it's like those little, like that's a silly example, but it's like little things like that and just owning like, what do I need? What does my flow need? What do I feel excited to talk about right now? What's like moving through me? think that's been really helpful. I also give a lot of credit to my one-on-one clients. Even as I've grown, I always maintain some one-on-one clients. And I feel like my one-on-one clients really keep me connected to what 
what like the collective is moving through sometimes, even if like my journey is doing kind of one thing, I'm really connected to what's going on with the collective, which is super inspiring for me to then be like, oh, great. I noticed the same themes coming up with all my one-on-one clients. So this is something really important to talk to. And that's kind of like, I feel like they're like my my men on the ground in that way. So yeah, I feel like those things and just honoring the evolution, you know, it's such an evolution to be in a business for, you know, a decade and you know, honoring the fact that I move away from food and then sometimes I move back to food and, and I, you know, don't try to judge myself or make myself wrong for any of it. And I'm just like, okay, like food, food is a part of me and I'll keep interweaving, but like, it's okay if right now I'm on like a binge where I just want to talk about meditation or I just want to talk about, you know, I talk about astrology. Sometimes I let myself kind of just swirl and, and evolve. And I think that's been the secret for me to keep going with it. Cause me personally and how I'm built, I could not talk about the same thing for 10 years. Yeah. I'm the same. Very, very like pretty much exactly the same. I just work from that totally surrendered place. And I really trust exactly what great spirit, great mother earth is telling me to do because my intention is to be of highest, greatest service and to be and the clearest strongest alignment with my divine truth and divine mission. And so whatever is required of me to do to be in that place, I have done and do and will continue to do. And um, yeah, I've also never given two talks the same, never done two events the same, never done two journeys the same. It's like, I really also tune into moment by moment surrender before each event. It's like, you know, what does this audience need on this day with these energetics, you know, with the planetary alignment, what do I, what does needs to be delivered? So yeah, being willing to shift in accordance with divine has been my key as well. Yeah. And it keeps it spicy for you too, because you know, it's like spicy. (laughs) the universe is constantly evolving. So even you know, the message that you gave that's like super true and relevant from two months ago, the way it would channel through you right now would naturally be different because the universe has evolved in that time. And I feel like doing it that way, it also, yeah, it reinvigorates us. Cause then like, yeah, you're on stage and you're like, wow, that was good. Like, I, I can't believe that came out. Right. Cause it was just this like beautiful thing channeling through you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, speaking of channeling through us, uh, (laughs) let's tune in to whatever it is you need from us in order to be in the proper space for the practice that you're going to share. If it matters, if we sit up, lay down, close our eyes, I'll let you take it from here. Yes. Okay. So we're going to do a meditation into a ritual. So if people have it, um, the potential things that they can do, or they can, we're going to do the meditation first, but I'm just going to let you know the things we need for the ritual so we can kind of dive right into it while we're in our energy. So any kind of candle, I prefer like a candle with like a ceramic or a glass thing. So we don't have burning problems Mm, Um, because you're going (laughs) to, you're going to want to leave it to burn. So it could be any candle that you have around the house. Um, that you're okay with uh, sacrificing for this ritual because you will burn it to the ground. Uh, Not the house, just the candle. (laughs) Um, And then if you have any essential oils, 
or perfumes that you are resonating with, with something that you're calling in or you're manifesting right now, you can go gather them as well. And of course, matches to light your candle. And I have just a regular butter knife, but any sort of little sharp object that you could use to carve something into your candle. Those are just those things. So if anyone's listening, needs to like pause and gather for a minute, you can do that. And then we'll go into the meditation. Like I mentioned, it's so funny because I actually didn't know Allison's going to talk about relationships when I, but I felt so called to this meditation when I was like sitting with what I wanted to do the other day that I was like, okay, let's go with it. I usually don't go into the specialized ones, but this one is around releasing your old patterns. And so I'm just going to read you a little bit and then get into a nice, comfortable seated position and we shall go. So often the biggest block to manifesting loving relationships is the old pattern that keeps playing on repeat. We have old events in the past, whether previous romantic situations or even as far back as our childhood that have caused us to believe things about ourselves and the world that sabotage our manifesting deep, long-lasting, loving partnerships. And this meditation will take a look at what past patterns need to be released. And so just get yourself into a nice, comfortable place. Close your eyes. And, you know, for anyone that's listening right now, if there's something that you want to manifest and it, you know, you're not feeling called to romantic relationships right now, just know you can release these patterns that are blocking whatever you want to manifest. So you can just put in whatever that thing you want to manifest in space of the loving relationship. And for those of us already in loving relationships, you can use this again to still release those old problems patterns that may be blocking you from feeling even more amazing in that loving relationship and going even deeper. So there's always more to release. So allow your shoulders to relax and close your eyes and just start taking some nice deep breaths through your nose, out your mouth, just allowing any stress, any worries to just wash away with every exhale. And just let your breath bring ease and surrender and relaxation into every particle of your being. And if any thoughts arise, just allow them to float on by like clouds, just bringing yourself back to your breath. And when you feel really nice and relaxed, let's just bring our awareness to our heart center. And as we breathe into the awareness at our heart center, just allow that breath to awaken it and to simulate those emotions of being loved and loving Just feeling that love in your heart. And if you're struggling to feel that, just bring to mind a person or a pet or anyone that's super, you know, just evokes that feeling of love in you.
And just breathing into that and letting that feeling of loved, feeling loved and being loving just expand and grow with each breath until you feel yourself just in a beautiful bubble of loving energy. And now ask your heart, what old patterns do I have blocking me from love and receiving love through romantic relationships? And then just sit in this question and allow whatever arises to arise. And once again, if it could be What patterns do I have blocking me from feeling loved or being loved in any aspect of your life as well? Just being with your heart. And don't judge anything that comes up. Just gently observe it and feel free to inquire even deeper. Where does that pattern or that belief come from? And just allow yourself to see whatever wants to be shown to you right now. And then finally, ask your heart to show you the truth of the matter. What is really real? And what is an illusion or a misunderstanding? And let your logical mind get out of the way and allow the answer to come from your heart. And now feel your heart and your mind releasing that old pattern and allow yourself to sit in this new truth. Just allow that feeling and that knowing of that new truth to permeate your being. 
allowing your breath to just assimilate it in every cell, every particle. And when you feel ready and you feel complete with that, just gently, we're going to program our candle with this new truth. So I want you to take whatever, if you have an object with you, I'm going to use my butter knife. And I want you to create whatever symbol to you represents this new truth. Could be a word, it could be a design, could be a you know, a picture of something, it doesn't matter, but it's to you and you alone that this symbol represents this new truth. And so just draw that in the wax of your candle and draw it on top or wherever you want. And then once you have that drawn, we're going to, I want you to select out of whatever essential oils or things that you have. I I'm going to use this serenity um, because I love the name of it. And also because it has a lot of beautiful um, ease and relaxing essential oils in it. And I'm just going to put this essential oil on the top of the candle. We're just infusing, using all of our senses to call in and to really anchor in this new truth that we've discovered about ourselves. And then once we've got that going, I just want you to take a moment holding the candle in both of your hands and just infusing it with that new truth, whatever it was for you. And then when you're ready, you can light your match and light the candle. Just being a little finicky with me right now. But when you get your match lit, just lit the candle. And just take a moment there to really look into the flame of the candle and see this new truth in you. See what it brings up in you, what emerges in you from this new knowing. There we go. And then place this candle either on your altar I'll place it next to your bedside or whatever a place that you're going to see it on a daily basis. And you're going to let it burn all the way down. And this candle is now your partner in this new truth. And the candle is working its own magic for you. And the flame is transmuting all of those old patterns 
and melting down those old patterns till all that is relieved is that new truth. So as you look at it, as it's burning, however long your candle takes to burn, depending on what you chose, you remember that the the flame is just helping you release all of those old patterns and just moving it out of your energy field. You already did it. You already sat with it. And you can just trust that the process is happening and allow it to happen to you. And then when the candle is completely burnt out, you have to release it in some way. So you can either recycle the glass container, you know, in your recycling, um, or you can also, you know, I like to reuse some of them. So, but it is that process of, I, you know, I let it soak and I let, you know, anything get back and I wash it. And that's the complete finishing of it. So you do have to do a finishing. Please don't, um, don't just leave it around. That, that's what the full completion of it is. So thank you for ritualing with me. Uh, yay. That was so powerful and wonderful. And I know exactly the design. The design came in for me were um, rays of a sun, like not the inner circle, but just like the sun rays. And I'm going to use some lime and orange oils to coat my candle and I'm going to put it next to my bed. So thank you. And I love, you know, at the end, taking time to honor the sacred grand fire as it fire truly is the original shaman of earth. So, uh, yeah, communing with that element doesn't get any more powerful than that. That was so great and so perfect considering we didn't talk at all about what the interview is going to be. And it just was right spot on. So of course, right. I love it. We're just both so divinely guided to exactly what it was supposed to be. Totally. Well, thank you so much. And I'll definitely put all of your information in the show notes, but I have been able to check out your book already. I love it because like you were touching on, it has all these different categories, depending upon what we're wanting to really call in and lean into or for our lives. We can go to that section of the book, but there's 100 different meditations. I'm I'm thinking, yes. And uh, I'm sure people can get it anywhere books are sold, but do you have a specific place you want to direct people to? Yeah, um, you can get it anywhere books are sold. So if you have a special allegiance, that's totally fine. But um, right now, pre-orders on Amazon or ordering on Amazon is super helpful because it also sends a message to all those lovely like in-person bookstores too, that this is a book to watch and a book to check out. Plus I have all sorts of bonuses for ordering. So definitely um, all those bonuses will be at cassandrabodzak.com slash manifesting. And so I'm giving you the unedited because when I channeled the part one of the book, it was a little over 30 pages long and it got chopped pretty much in half. And so I wanted to give anybody that is interested the full unabridged part one that goes so deep, um, even more so. And also I recorded five different guided meditations that are from the book. So you can go on the journey with me and there'll be also a, a book workshop that I'll be doing for that. So definitely check that out. The book has manifestation meditations for everything. And it also walks you through the the manifestation path through meditation so you can manifest whatever you want i love it well the one you shared with us today was really really powerful and bright and invigorating so thank you for your generosity and 
Thank you for honoring your divine truths and path and um, for sharing all of that with the Ceremony Circle Soul Fam today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. All right, everyone. We shall sit with you again next time. Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed, www.alisoncharles.com. That's www.alisoncharles.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.